Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am Gary Cacciolillo, your host, and today we have Don Dirk, Satanist. Thank you for being on the show, Don. Oh, it's uh, Dirk Don. Oh, I got it backwards. <laughs> Dyslexic. <laughs> oh, it's okay, brother. All right. Um, so uh, how did you get into Satanism? Well, when I was uh, growing up, I was very, very religious, uh, very Christian, to be well, to put it bluntly. Um, but uh, when I was a senior in high school, I realized I can't, justify belief in this anymore and i left it and so while while being a fresh 18 year old in what 2007 i was uh just looking up or i i came across the the satanic bible online so i looked it up and looked up satanism on wikipedia and so that drove some curiosity and i decided okay i'll pick up a copy of the satanic bible and just see what what it's about and when reading it i realized oh oh i actually agree with this okay all right i'll I'll go with it (laughs) so it was uh pretty quick actually just a a summer of of reading and there you go interesting i had a similar too when i was uh, i think i was young though i think i was maybe 13 or 14 when i had first read the uh satanic bible and, um, and I think at that age, I really didn't know what to make of it. And I also didn't know, like, the history behind Anton. Um, but as, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I see how he actually borrowed from, from some other philosophical and philosophers, basically, and put it in his book. So, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Um, are there any different types? Like, I know I'm kind of familiar too. Like, there are different types of Satanism, correct? Not officially. So uh, there, you'll, you'll find a lot of people that are on the outside that are saying that there are different types of Satanism. And the other people that are saying that there are different types of Satanism are people that um, call themselves Satanists but don't really follow what the Church of Satan is, is going for. So uh, I, I, I don't really want to name the organizations because I don't want to give them attention. But one of the bigger ones that is out there uh, that, that tries calling themselves Satanists, uh, it's actually a political um, activism group. And, you know, one of the biggest things about Satanism is that it doesn't tell you what to believe politically. Like you come up with that yourself. And uh, like when you involve politics in any kind of organization, you're going to end up with a gigantic schism. Uh, and then there's another uh, gr- another organization where uh, they call themselves Satanists, but they uh, worship a, an Egyptian deity. And it, it was basically like, well, you know, Church of Satan, you're not quite uh, spiritual enough and, and you don't really believe in any kind of deities. So... I'm just going to leave and, and uh, we're going to call ourselves Satanism, Satanists on this group here. But like, like you'll notice that when this kind of thing happens, it's, it tends to be made by people, by like disgruntled 
uh, Satanists. Right. Kind of like with Christians, you know, those Catholics and Protestants (laughs) and and Methodists and Baptists. And I hate that. I hate that so much about religion. Like if you've got a, if you've got a holy book and it, it needs to be as cut and dry as possible, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have this scenario where it's like, well, you know, in this in this part of the scripture, it, it really means this. So your your version of Christianity is wrong. Like that should never happen, but it does. Yeah, it's it's strange how those schisms happen. And also, you mentioned the politics. And um, I mean, I'm originally from New Jersey, and I moved here to Alabama in the Bible Belt. And I had a job where I was taking these guys from a rehab to church, <laughs> and that. The church services were about politics and not about Jesus. It was very strange. It is strange, isn't it? And so um, I'm not sure how familiar with terms like with like alt right, but when I when I get told that the Church of Satan is the alt right of Satanism, it's 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 hilarious, but it's also baffling because it's like I, I don't understand how you get to that kind of conclusion in the first place. Maybe you don't understand what alt right actually is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even really sure what alt-right is myself. You know, I just know these. there's a lot of sort of, I mean, they're almost, they're, they call themselves Christians, but to me they almost seem like not much different than um, like the, the Muslims that go around killing people, you know. Yeah, and, and it was never really truly defined I mean, Richard Spencer tried doing that, and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos tried doing that, but I don't think alt-righters know what alt-right is either. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about Anton, since he wrote the book on it. Um, do you know anything about his history and how he decided to become a Satanist and what motivated him to write the book? So uh, Anton worked in the circus as well. He also was an organ player he he understood entertainment and when you when you go through the, the the satanic bible one of the things you may consider is that it's really atheism with theatrics and theatrics is something that anton seemed to know best so he the the goal of the book was to make it so that hey are you taking part of these rituals or practices that are spiritual and you're getting nothing out of it? Well, okay, well, let's go ahead and take the, the BS out of it here and let's just uh, focus on serving yourself as your own God. So before the Church of Satan, uh, the, the term Satanist has been around for a long time, but there was no real established uh, church or actual Satanism. And so Anton said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to form this and uh, here's the structure. Here's how it's laid out. And um, by the grace of me, go I. Hmm. Um, Before him, I think there was a group in, in England called the Hellfire Group that did something similar to Satanism, but it mostly involved a lot of orgies. So the Hellfire Club was a, a an aristocratic group. So it was people with money that got together and, and drank. Uh, there was a lot of, of um, 
urban legends and myths around the Hellfire Club, but it was um, it was really just a bunch of of people with money wanting to have a good time. Okay, um, how was Anton Levey influenced by Frederick Nietzsche? I'm not so certain about uh, Nietzsche. I'm not the most well versed in Nietzsche either. Um, I, I will say that one of the pieces of literature that he was influenced by is Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard. Now, he actually stole from the book itself, and, and the church and, and himself has uh, easily admitted that. They, they don't hide that fact. If you look in the beginning chapters of, the, uh, of Might is Right, you'll actually notice that uh, what Anton did was he took some of, of that writing and uh, used it in the beginnings of his own book as well, but he applied it to, uh, to his thoughts on Christianity. Hmm. I, I wasn't aware of that book. I'm going to have to look that one up. Um, so the, the thing about Might is Right, though, uh, the book is, is looked at as racist and sexist, and it comes from a different period of time. And so what, what Anton did was he, he recognized that, but he noticed that there were some, some little pieces of, of gems within the book that, you know, it's like, if, you know, I could be a horrible person, but if I'm right, I'm right. And so uh, this is something that we, tr- we tend to preface with when it comes to Might is Right, and it's been heavily edited as well. But yeah, if, um, if you're looking for a book that's going to like break you down to just the fundamentals of you're nothing but just, just a, a meat bag. There you go. <laughs> Essentially, I guess we're not much more than smart animals anyway. That's actually the thing. Uh, the book, I mean, the, the Satanic Bible also describes humans as uh, just another animal. And we are at times no better and no worse than the ones that walk on all fours. Yeah, I had done an interview. Actually, it was a Bigfoot interview with a Native American um, from Canada. And he kind of described the human race as almost like an infestation. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, I'm a little curious about the, uh, the interview with a Native American about Bigfoot. I, I, how did that go? It went really well because, I mean, you know, he has some interesting perspectives on it. Um, but he, he was definitely, he had like that, that you know, very, there, the Native American um, population, at least as far as like, no, in, in Vancouver, they're very, they're not very happy about the destruction of the planet that we're causing. Right, rightfully so. And, 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 and some of that goes into like this Bigfoot idea because his belief was that, um, you know, there was a tribe of Indians and the chief said, you know what? We don't want to use sticks as weapons. We don't want to use fire to cook our food. We're just going to go out in the wilderness and live the way we're supposed to. And over time, they evolved into what we call Bigfoot or the hairy man. And they hate human beings and they just live out in nature amongst themselves and stay away from us. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to like belittle what you're saying, but it's, that's, that's a very wild, uh, explanation. That's, uh, that feels like something I would read off of a, of a, a fantasy book. 
Maybe. I do think that there is some possibility to it because I know in the search of Bigfoot, when he found scat and he find hair in really strange places where no human have gone and he tested for DNA, it usually comes up human. Huh. Okay. So I think it is definitely a possibility. I mean, to think that we're the only intelligent species to evolve on Earth, I think might be crazy. I think even in aquatic life, too, there might be intelligent life beneath the ocean we haven't explored yet um, that, that evolved. Okay. I mean, dolphins themselves are already as, as incredibly smart as they are. And same thing for octopuses with their creativity, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they change colors. They use tools. I mean, they're sneaky little bastards. They are. I actually got to see an octopus once when I was uh, snorkeling. It was pretty cool. Oh, that must have been great. I'm actually jealous of you for that. <laughs> it was pure luck. Yeah. Um, so as a Satanist, um, what is your opinion on heaven and hell? And like, when you die, do you plan on going to hell and burn for eternity? Uh, no, my body just rots. That's it. So when, when it comes to heaven and hell, I mean, it's, I mean, we're not theistic Satanists. Uh, we're not theistic in, in nature. So if we were to believe in heaven and hell, uh, we would just call ourselves Christians at that point. And so, like, you're then pretend you're then saying that these deities are real. And so, instead of um, worshiping the the God that created everything, you're worshiping the the devil. That I don't think quite works uh, for for people. I mean, but I also think that the idea of a heaven and hell is extremely cruel as well. So, with one of the sins being to disbelieve in God and the punishment for that is, is being placed in this, in this uh, eternal torment. So it's, if you're a parent and you you tell your kid like, Hey, if you don't love me, I'm just going to shove you in the closet and leave you in there. Like that's what, that's what it's like to me. But um, overall, no, we, we don't believe in a heaven or hell. And even you'll actually talk to Christians who don't, don't think that, uh, hell is a literal place. It's it's uh, a state of being. I have a friend who's a retired Catholic priest, and he would actually agree with that. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't believe that hell would be a literal place. He believes that hell is more of a, a human state of mind. Yeah, yeah, or even a separation from God. Yeah. Um. Oh, something else. I can't remember what it was. It went away. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> um, so how about sacrificing virgins and eating human babies? Look, only, only the finest virgins that we find at Walmart will do for us. But <laughs> the, the, I, I'm not sure why there's, there's a myth of Satanists uh, making sacrificing uh, sacrifices of, of virgins or babies. Um, it's it's like the Wayfair, uh, <laughs> the the Wayfair conspiracy theory where it's like if that was going on, you would know. Like it it wouldn't even be something you would speculate. You would just know because somebody's gonna slip up. 
So where did the, that come from? This Wayfair conspiracy? <laughs> Actually, I'm like, like, I have a neighbor who, who's constantly pushing that on Facebook. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. I actually have a friend who, who believes in this as well. This originated from Reddit and it was somebody that was able, that was able to find pieces that they thought clicked together, but they don't understand that the, the evidence that they're bringing doesn't really work. So for instance, there's the idea that the, the packages, the furniture has a name that is the same name as a missing child. So it's like, who is, who is behind this? The Riddler? Are they wanting us to try to figure this out? <laughs> well, I've always wondered, like, like with, with, like, you know, the, the, well, 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 one is, like, how are Satanists, who came up with this idea that Satanists, rich people, and sex trafficking children are all intertwined together? It's well, Satan is still a pretty large scapegoat for people. Uh, I mean, for people that believe that that the devil exists, it is very easy to uh, put the blame on a creature like that. And so, when it comes to conspiracy theorists, you'll I've noticed that there is a a correlation where so many of them are actually Christians, or at the very least, highly religious, and so. I mean, you can look at Alex Jones, for example, uh, with him, like he, he is a Christian and he believes that Satan is at work with these conspiracy theories that he's talking about. Like he, he either he really believes it or he's very great at convincing you that he believes it. And so it's, it's, it's a good villain for people. Scapegoat. Yeah. I wonder you know, I, I hear a lot about this. I'm sort of going. I know I'm sort of going off topic, but sure. Um, like when they blame uh, Satan is for for all these horrible things that involve children. I wonder sometimes if it's you know people that are involved with religion, and you know simply their kids get fed up with the religion and run away from home because they don't right. want to be around it. And it's just an excuse because they don't want to admit that their kids just ran away. No, they, it's right. It's a shift in responsibility. So uh, do you know where the term scapegoat originated from? No. So a scapegoat was uh, when, when a village would have, uh, have its problems, what they would do is they would, uh, take a goat and exile it, send it off. And that was a way of them sending their problems away. Hmm. Well, I think, I think that might have something to do with it, you know, is, the, is them just blaming someone else for their kids just bolting, saying, screw this crap. Yeah, and, and I, I consider it to be abuse when, uh, parents are, are doing this kind of uh, religious zealotry that would lead to their kid running away. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think some of it's stifling too, like, especially like with kids that are gay and stuff like that, you know, I, I can see why they would just want to take off. Well, sometimes it's, it's almost like you have to, I mean, when you have the concept of honor killings, 
and and how people legitimately do this and sometimes it's in a culture where you you can't escape but in a, in america at least there are still people that try doing honor killings for example and if the kid tries to escape like they do have some resources but i mean that's that's because of the the region that they're in thankfully yeah um so I heard that you guys have some of the best orgies around. Is that true? <laughs> so um, bear in mind, though, I, I am not an official member of the church because they, they stress that you do not have to be a member to call yourself a Satanist. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, so what I did was I became this example that you, you don't have to pay the $225 fee and, and uh, um, you know, join the church to be one. You, you have to just live as one. And so part of living as one, as far as sexuality goes, if you have two adults that are consenting and want to be able to, uh, to have sex, you do it, you go for it. And um, they also very much harp on the, that uh, you, you do not, um, force yourself on somebody and you do not try to push yourself unless they're giving you as they refer to the mating signal or showing interest in you. So it's always consensual. Absolutely. It needs to be consensual. Um, does Satanism have like a, a focus on like pleasures of the flesh of like indulging in different types of pleasures, you know, like in the movie Hellraiser? <laughs> well, what I can say is that uh, when it comes to Satanism, like Satan is, is not a god. You are your own god. Satan is just a, a symbol. And so because of this, with you being your own god, then that means you need to be pushing for your own goals. And if that includes being able to enjoy things of the earth in a way that is safe and, and does not harm you, you can you should absolutely be able to go for that um how about black magic do you guys do like black magic cast spells curse people so there there is the the, the idea of uh, casting spells there are rituals and you'll have what is called greater magic and you'll have lesser magic so with greater magic you're performing rituals however uh, so when I mentioned about how Anton said, hey, have you been performing rituals and getting nothing out of it? Okay, well, go ahead and try, try my book. Well, with greater magic and, and doing rituals, it's all psychodrama. So it's, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you hate a celebrity and you want to make their, their tits pop off, um, under a curse, you know, you're doing it out of, you're, you're frustrated, but you're, you're doing this in a way that's making it so that you are, are venting and getting yourself in a better state of mind. So it's like, if somebody hurts you and you want to, uh, put a curse on somebody, you can do so, but you understand that it is some, it is psychodrama. It is meant to help you work through those feelings that you've had. So it's almost like therapy, cognitive type of therapy. Yeah, it is. Um, how about with the, it, we live in a world where people perceive this epic battle between good and evil. Um, where does Satanism fall in that battle? 
Well, with Satanism being an individualistic religion, I can't really tell you where it would fall with that. Um, I mean, especially because with, when it comes to Satanists, like they don't always agree with each other. They don't even have to get along with each other at this point. And so uh, when, when you get into ethics of, of good and evil, how much of it is made by humans, uh, it's extremely eye-opening. So I, I would probably have to say neutral, and it depends on where you're coming from on what is right and wrong. Right. And that makes sense to me that they would be neutral, um, trying to avoid both extremes because of the self-reliance. Right. Um, does Satanism encourage artistic freedom? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the, one of the uh, satanic sins is a, is a lack of appreciation for aesthetics. So if, uh, I mean, it, when it comes to things like, uh, like doing rituals, like you are expressing yourself, but you can also have your own altar set up and you can do so in a way that suits you and suits your home and makes you happy every time you approach that altar. And <clears throat> LeVay himself was also artistically driven. So with him being an organ player, he recorded his own music. And uh, actually one of the ones I would recommend is uh, the, the Devil Takes a Holiday, uh, which is an instrumental from him. But yeah, we're like Satanists are completely about artistic expression and being able to, to create what you desire. Is it just dark? artistry or does that also include say like uh, a painting of like a sunflower well to to best answer that you'll find satanists saying that frank sinatra is actually a good example of satanic music how so well it's when we're talking about music that is, that is expressing yourself and your feelings and your desires to us, that is satanic. Hmm. And this brings me to the topic of music. I mean, the devil has had, I mean, he, I mean, you know, as legend has it, he basically created rock and roll, you know, and Robert Johnson (laughs) went down to the crossroads and, sold his soul. Um, I mean, and he's been a part of, of music, um, you know, since the beginning of, of rock. Um, I mean, like there was Rolling Stones with Goathead Soup and um, I mean, the Beatles had Aleister Crowley on their cover, I mean, Black Sabbath, all the way up until, you know, bands like Mayhem went around burning churches. Oh my God. Okay. Can, can I tell you something about the, the, the church burning that is? So, uh, do you, are you, so you're aware who Varg is as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so my partner and I, we were watching Lords of Chaos together. And so she, she was researching through her family history and realized that the, the records stop at a church in uh, in the Netherlands and or in, in Norway and because the, the church was burned down 
and she assumed that it was maybe the Nazis that burned it down. She wasn't quite sure. But then we, while we were watching Lords of Chaos, it recreates a, a scene where Varg is burning down his first church, and it shows that same church that her, her family records were held in. <laughs> and so, so basically, Varg deleted my partner's family history. Oh, that's hysterical. It's, oh God, it's, it's awful, but it's like, what are the chances of something like that happening? You know, Varg was just doing what he had to do. <laughs> yeah, you can do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was just fate for him. <laughs> you, you can't make an omelet without burning a few churches. No, but what, <laughs> what, what where did, I mean, the, the, the Satanism endorsed that type of behavior? Like, should, I, should, should, should you guys, you know, you guys encourage like church burning? Absolutely not. Uh, it is, it is not encouraged at all. And this is especially because of, uh, well, I mean, you, we don't want to burn down other people's property. We don't want to like the, the best way of saying how we should live is that, if 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 no one is hurt, then do what you want to, and so doing the church burnings would hurt people. And for what it's worth, here, I mean, Satanists can also acknowledge that the the churches are very beautiful in their architecture. I mean, as much as I uh, am am against so many ideals of Catholicism, I, I'll admit their churches are gorgeous. And so if, uh, if Catholicism were to end uh, one day, I don't want the churches taken down. I want them to be able to be reused in some other way. That's pretty cool. So, so Varg went rogue then. <laughs> I mean, Varg wasn't really a, a Satanist either. Uh, you would, uh, I could consider him to be more pagan than anything else. Um, I, I'm a bit of a Varg nerd uh, and, and I love the history of the, um, uh, the black metal scene in Norway. Um, Varg was, was extremely racist. He came from a, a very racist family as well. And uh, I, I tend to describe him as a case of a, a batshit crazy person who managed to be able to make beautiful music. And so if you were to watch his videos that he, that he currently makes, I, although I don't think they're available anymore because YouTube took him down, but um, he doesn't understand things like science or how evolution works. He doesn't understand that race isn't really a thing. Um, so like he, uh, like he thought that the, Lord, that the Lord of the Rings elves were an analogy to the Jews. So... Um, like as a Satanist, I I can't agree with with the kind of stuff that he's saying. Right. So it's more of a, a Norse based viewpoint rather than a satanic viewpoint. Yes, I do believe he calls himself an Odinist. Hmm. Um. How about bands like uh, like some of the earlier bands that I remember listening to that that had that type of message for bands like um, Venom. Um, Celtic Frost, Slayer, um, and they—they, they, what do you what do you think of like those type of bands? 
I mean, of course, I, I mean, I love Slayer. I've loved Slayer for years and years. And what uh, the, the funny thing about Slayer is that the, the lyrics from their music are generally written by either Carrie King or Jeff Hanneman. Uh, Tom Araya, the vocalist, is actually a Catholic. And so he had to set aside his, his religious beliefs to, to be part of the band. I mean, he, didn't, he wasn't like forced to do anything. He was always able to leave whenever he wanted to. But he believed in being enslaved just as much as the rest of the band did. And so he was more than, more than happy to set aside his beliefs. But when his family found out about what he did, then he was uh, uh, running into some heat from it. Uh, and then bands like Venom will outright uh, tell you that, yeah, what they did was for the, the image. You know, it's, you know, if you're, if you're doing a band that is uh, using the theatrics of, of Satan, you know, it's kind of easy to get chicks when you're, when you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I tend to gravitate towards industrial metal bands like fear factory is absolutely my favorite i uh, also love bands like slipknot uh, morbid angel is another one of my favorites but i tend to listen to stuff that is more underground where like i listen to music that is supposed to sound like 1990s computer fantasy music hmm. um actually one of my favorite bands right now is electric wizard have you ever heard of them Oh my God. I was so happy when I found a copy of dope smoker on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, they are, I, they are incredible at their craft. Yeah. I, I love them. Black mass is actually a great album too. I, I love yes. that album. Yes. Oh man. A good, uh, a good summer night while listening to that record is just, it's so great aesthetically for me. Yeah. I, I love it too, especially like, like you know, I, I got to listen to it with like headphones or earbuds to really get the full effect of it. Um, it's, it's just, it's very hypnotic. Oh yeah. I would kill to find that on, on cassette too. And um, so with that, you know, listening to things like electric wizard and stuff like that. Um, what is the, um, you know, how about like drug usage and stuff like that, like smoking dust, <laughs> like angel dust. I love um, angel dust. It's my favorite drug. <laughs> I don't think they make it anymore. But when I was a teenager, <laughs> I did that shit for like three months. <laughs> the the only drugs I've ever done are um, marijuana and shrooms. Uh, I'm almost afraid to touch anything else, just to, because of I I don't know what's going to happen to me if I do it. But the, the Church of Satan does not endorse drug use, though. Really? Right. Hmm. That's and kind of a surprise. Well, ultimately, it comes down to they, they don't want to promote anything that is illegal. Um, I mean, with Satanism being about you know, partially about self-preservation, like if you are um, buying and selling drugs, you, then you are risking some sort of legal action on yourself. I, at, at one point lived with somebody who I didn't realize he was going to be selling pot from the house, but I move in with him. And then after a couple of weeks, he's, you know, selling pot from the house and I've got weirdos coming in while I'm trying to play overwatch and I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't handle the idea of like, 
hey, what if police come to my house because of this guy? Yeah. It is a risky lifestyle. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it, it leads into other political positions for myself where I, I think that the war on drugs needs to end. I believe that uh, drugs need to be legalized. Like I, like we all understand that marijuana has been long overdue for this. I believe the same thing for shrooms as well. Yes. I, I mean, I, I haven't done any drugs or alcohol probably in about 30 years, but I do completely support legalization of everything to yeah. at the very least just to save lives. Yeah. And, and I do as well. But um, the, like while the church of Satan will not, you know, doesn't endorse the uh, ideal of, of legalizing everything for me, like the, the church allows me to have these opinions as well. You know, I'm not going to have the church arguing against me about uh, wanting to, to have these drugs legalized because they, they don't want to, to tell me what to do unless I am going against the, the writings of the, the books. Right. Um, are there any, like, like other than like, um, like a black mass or, um, you know, spells and stuff like that. Are there any other aspects of spirituality to Satanism? Well, I, for that kind of question, you know, the, the church of Satan also does partake in their own rituals as well. Uh, you can actually listen to uh, the official recording of a black mass from them. So, to, to them, it's if you want to do things that are spiritual or ritualistic, you can, but you also don't have to. Um, what is like a Satanist view on ideas like um, reincarnation? Would that, well, be a, would that be a possible option with that, with that religion? There may be certain Satanists out there that think that reincarnation is real. Uh, I myself don't. Um, I guess I, I probably explained that when I said that, that you're right. But yeah. Um, but I, I can't speak for every Satanist that is out there. Um, there there are essays on the Church of Satan website that uh, that say that hey, we're not going to be the guys that are the the arbiters of the supernatural. So the position is like, there, there may not be any evidence to it, but it's like, hey, if, if evidence comes out at some point, yeah, we'll listen. Right. So, 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 so it's kind of, even, even though there's no official belief on what happens after death, there, there's, there's room for people to kind of come up with their own belief system. There, there is, um, but I, I think overall, you could consider the the idea that you know, when you die, you die, and that's it. I think that's going to be the majority of uh, people who follow the the religion. Okay, um, does Satanism have a model of the universe to, to say? Like, did he believe that it's a holographic universe? Did he believe in parallel universes? Or is it just simply law of physics? I don't really see the church uh, getting into that kind of 
of discussion. Um, but one of the attitudes that I could describe here is that uh, you know, we, we need to go based off of what we scientifically know and, and understand. Uh, we, what we don't want to do is get into some sort of uh, self-delusion. And, and that is something that the, the church is uh, actively speaking against. So you don't want, like, you need to be able to recognize things like past orthodoxies and um, self-deceit. So what we know scientifically is what I would be comfortable with going with at least. Even at the quantum level? level, I didn't study. Things start to get changed? I mean, things start to get strange? So I didn't study quantum uh, physics or quantum theory at all. So I, I can't actually comment on it okay totally understand i mean my understanding is pretty limited too on it mm-hmm. um here's a good one are you evil or divine or the last in line <laughs> <laughs> i think one of the best answers i can give for that is a quote from anton Lavey, where if you're going to be a sinner be the best sinner on the block. <laughs> if, if I am looked at as evil, then I think that I might be doing something right. Uh, I have been doing things like podcasting for the past four years. And so in doing things like podcasting, have I burned bridges? Absolutely. But that is because I go my own way with everything that I do. And so uh, if, if I am looked at as evil by a person because of this, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how, how, I mean, maybe like, I mean, this one's maybe a more personal question. Sure. How do you feel about uh, the state of affairs right now in the United States? Which one? <laughs> all of it, <laughs> all of it put together. The, the, the virus, the politics, the riots, I mean, it's almost like we're becoming coming unraveled. Um, what's your opinion on that? Like, what do you think? I mean, should we let it take its course or should we try to stop it? So it's actually really interesting going online and seeing what other people are saying about things like the coronavirus. I have actually seen people say, you know what, just let this thing rip. Uh, we are causing way too much damage economically, and it is hurting way too many people to protect a a few. And he, like he got people argued with them so horribly about this. Um, and I, for my stance on things like wearing a mask and staying inside, like you know, I'll I'll be more than happy to wear a mask inside a store if that's what they're requiring me to do. Um, it, it is a better safe than sorry measure that people are taking. And so it, it, like wearing a mask is not going to hurt somebody. Uh, if anything, it's going to maybe take away a bit of the, the personalization of interacting with somebody that is in front of you because you, you don't get to see their much of their facial expressions except for what their eyes are doing. But it's, it's, it's strange seeing what's happening because, um, we are under we're going to be going under some huge economic tor- turmoil because of the coronavirus and 
it's hard to figure out what to do about this because uh, I mean, you've got people that are losing their jobs or like they get a job and they just lost it right after getting the job because of the virus uh, and how, <laughs> yeah. In house hunting, like my partner and I managed to find a house and um, within a week of getting accepted, like no, within just a matter of weeks of getting accepted for it, we lost the house because the seller lost her job and now she doesn't have anything, doesn't have much that she's able to do. And then when you get into things like the, the protests that are going on, um, here's, here's actually something I can describe about as, uh, as Satanism goes in, in Anton LaVey's book, the, the devil's notebook, what he tries to, to explain is that you should not let yourself become programmed. And, and if you are getting involved in planned protesting, in a way, yeah, you are letting yourself getting get, get programmed. So, as far as the protesting goes, it's I, I've I've been pretty neutral about it. If a if a person wants to go out there and protest, they absolutely can. But um, I don't support organizations like Black Lives Matter for a couple of reasons. Like for one. Like black lives have already mattered to me and I I don't need to support some political organization just to say that. And then you've also uh, got leaks coming out where like black lives matter is actually an organization where the founders have actually said that they are trained Marxists. And so, Nope, I can't do that. (laughs) You know, but I, I strive to keep the same kind of um, rules for myself, the same kind of ethics for myself. And um, you don't, you don't treat anybody different because of, of the skin color that they have. You treat them based off of how they treat you. How about love? What, what, what is the view of love? It's as equally necessary as hate. I think that without hatred, then I, that downplays what um, kind of power love would have for a person. Um, I believe that hatred is also a, a very passionate thing. I think it is something that needs to be recognized for what it is. And the exact same thing goes for love. You, you have to be able to have the opposites work together. Interesting. Um, the rioting, um, like I, me personally, I mean, I, I've actually been in more than one riot. <laughs> yeah. And that's not necessarily because I wanted to be like, but, but I will say like the first time I got stuck in the middle of a riot, um, it was scary. But I will also say it was probably one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life where I never felt so alive like that ever again. That had to be surreal for you. It was pretty wild. I mean, it, it, and oddly enough, I mean, it was at a rock concert. Uh, it was a Judas Priest Iron Maiden show. <laughs> and, um, and people were, somehow got fireworks into the stadium. And people were shooting Roman candles at each other. And then they started lighting the seats on fire. And, um, and, and Rob Halford was like, if you guys don't stop... <laughs> programs had stopped the show and they ended up stopping the show and it just turned into complete madness 
I mean, there were people fighting. I mean, there was cars on fire in the parking lot. It was just, <laughs> it was insane. Well, did the same thing happen from a Metallica and Guns N' Roses show where a riot happened because the show had to stop? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as the writing goes, I mean, I, I do understand that uh, there are certain times where uh, force needs to be used to get something done. But I think that the the writing that we recently experienced is a lot of of uncontrolled emotion that is driving actions that are also hurting people. So when I'm trying to reason with people that I know about these riots and telling them like, hey, you know, I understand your desire to have some sort of change happen, but these people are getting in your way because they are actually destroying small businesses who then have to pick up the pieces. And um, it's, it's not like, I understand wanting to justify raiding and looting a target. Like I understand thinking that these are just faceless companies, but these are, these are built and run by real people. And so like, it's one thing to try talking about this when it, when it comes to like target, but it's another where, you've got these small mom and pop shops who, and, and you try to pass it off as, well, they've got insurance. They'll be okay. No, 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 no. Even with insurance, a lot of these, these business owners were under financial ruin from what happened to them. Um, if love and hate are equal and how does one express hatred without hurting somebody else in like that in that type of situation because if it's the riot is a is an expression of hatred how can that be done without anybody being harmed right um so back to the the notion of it being um well emotionally run actions that are hurting people you've got you've got these people that that uh feel stuck in this this culture this um civilization that is working against them and they have no way of of pushing back that they knew of and a lot of the writers and looters are opportunists though so some people do want to be able to watch things burn down because they want to be able to have some sort of of restart button that they've never had in the first place yeah I, I think, you know, we would have to wipe everything out that currently exists in order to be able to start over. Right, and right. Which is going to result in the harm of a lot of, a lot of people. But in the long run, it still might be the best option available. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's hard to uh, be able to have the, the change that you need. Like, I believe that police reform needs to happen as well. But uh, it's going to take a lot of action to get that thing done in the first place, um, and and I don't know, I don't even know how to do it. Like that's the thing. So you, you've got uh, leaderless people that are acting on a hive mind, and when you have this, like it can get dangerous. It can get uh, extremely harmful. Right. I mean. The United States did sort of grow out of the Wild West, which was sort of a, a you know, violent, anarchist type of 
think. Yeah, because like the the government didn't have the kind of reach that it does now. Uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was it was it's crazy to think about the idea of you are. Uh, living on your own continent and across the seas, you've also got the British that somehow have control of or over what you're able to do. Like to me, that is, that's uh, crazy to think about, but, but yeah, like that was, that was the case, but, but the wild West though. Yeah. It's like, if I could, uh, if I could legitimately travel back in time to see what that was like, absolutely. I would love to. Me too. I always, if I had a choice, I would have liked to have been a pirate, just sailing around, doing what I want. You know, I just think that would be the, like the best, burying treasure, looting. <laughs> um, I would probably enjoy seeing my um, my ancestors, like for me being uh, Irish, being. Um, Nordic, German, there's so much richness into the the background that I have where it's like if I was uh, to to have to pick one to to go see, I don't know what I'd pick. Um what is the Satanist view on like politics? Are you guys like anarchists or do you guys support parties? Uh no, absolutely not. Uh the, the Church of Satan does not endorse any political party or any uh, politicians and thankfully so. So with um, like when I mentioned about how there is a, a group that calls themselves Satanists, but they're just a political activism group. Um, you, you can actually watch documentaries over what happened. So like you, you have somebody that was a, a higher member of that organization who uh, called for the, the, the death of Donald Trump during um, one of their their sessions, and the 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 audience, the people that were watching, uh, they they cheered for it. They were happy for it. And like I I totally like I'm not going to give any kind of opinion about politicians. Uh, besides that, I understand why people do not like Trump at all. But um, like having somebody uh, wanting to use Satanism for their own political agenda. Like that got her kicked out, but you can, you can still tell like, or get an idea of like what kind of politicians that they would support Mm -hmm. the church though, with, with the church of Satan, you can be whatever political alignment you want to be. And they're not going to argue with you. So if you support a certain politician because of your ethics or your beliefs, that's up to you um, because we, we can't tell you what to do. So the Church of Satan almost gives you complete freedom over your beliefs, your life, your soul. Yeah, if um, if there's certain if there's certain music you want to to listen to, you do it. If you have somebody that you love and you want to, you know, share your life with them, you do it. Um, if there are symbols that you think speak to you and that you want to use, you can do it. You know, it's, it's all about making sure that you're taking care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, I mean, you can't be there for others. That's the way that I put it, but that's not quite a church of Satan way of putting it. But uh, that's how I've always rationed it. 
um, yeah, you, you have a lot of freedom. So Satanism is definitely a far cry from murdering children and stuff like that. Yeah, but we do love spooking people. Um, you know, if, if somebody is wasting our time and um, trying to, you know, like there, there are people who are um, psychic vampires. That are, there are people that are trying to use you. There are people that um, want attention from you and they're going to try any kind of way to get it as possible. If you want to, uh, you know, scare them away, you can do so. And one of the ways that LaVey described it was, you know, you could actually try saying, Hey, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, was doing all this, uh, child sacrificing and maybe list off some horrible things that were tied to Satanism, but not really part of it. <laughs> and if you, if you get them freaked out over it, then like, Hey, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of, you, you basically just use lesser magic and got what you wanted out of it. And it's great. So intimidation, basically through the satanic imagery, because <laughs> it, could... it freaks out people from religions. Yeah, you could call it that. Yeah, and then um, as soon as as soon as they uh, start to walk away, if if um, they are within an ear distance but far enough away, you can also just give a good laugh at it, and that way they understand. Oh. Oh, they were just fucking with me this whole time. <laughs> so you do let them know that it was done in just sort of jest. Well, no, it's it's to mock them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm getting ready to wrap it up. Um, is there anything that I missed that you would like to share with my audience? You know, um, you know, like what you've gained from um, adopting Satanism as your primary belief, or what other people might benefit from it? My favorite notion from the Church of Satan is study, not worship. And to me, that's incredibly important after living as a Christian for so many years. You know, I, I worshiped a God that was uh, being described as, as the, the being that created everything. And so, like, I went to a Lutheran private school. And when we talked about Pangea, we we didn't quite get much into plate tectonics or how that works. And my my teacher legitimately said, well, maybe God just went, <clears throat> and he did this motion of like separating with his hands. So he basically said, maybe God just, just pulled the contents apart himself because they're not willing to admit that we understand plate tectonics as a slow process that is going to take millions of years to get the continents that we have right now. And so it, it all gets into things like self delusion or self deceit. You need to be able to, um, to be ready to, to study, read, read, read. So if somebody wants to get into Satanism and understand what it believes then pick up a copy of the satanic Bible start digging into it. And then there are also uh, Facebook groups you can go to where you've got people from the church that are willing to um, help educate you. So it's not a community though. Like Satanism is, is not a community and that's something that needs to be stressed as well. So it's like we, with the Facebook groups that I've talked about, 
I, I've seen people come in that are like, hey, you know, I, uh, I, I really like the, the protesting that you guys do and, and want to be part of it. First of all, no, we're not really protesting. But second of all, no, it's not supposed to be a community. It's an individualistic religion. So it's very personalized. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so I know you have some other podcasts. So do you have anything that you want to promote to my listeners that you can check out? Uh, yeah. Um, I have been podcasting since 2016. And with enough work and dedication, I was able to join Madcast Media. And that is run by my personal hero, Maddox. And um, if you go to Madcast Media, you can listen to the show that I do called Super Arrogant Bros. And it's it's the everyday man's kind of kind of um, uh, discussion of of gaming because it's like we're not the big games journalists. We're we're trying to reach the people that like need to know like is this game good or not. Um, but then besides that, like uh, the content is on uh, all the podcasting platforms we even have a youtube channel where i'm planning to start putting videos up there as well that's something i'm also working on as too <laughs> yeah it's not easy to get into no i don't know i'm just always self-conscious about how i look oh me too yeah me too all right well definitely thank you for being on my podcast um and i think I have this new outro, so I don't even have to read. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. Please like and review this podcast on whatever platform you are using. It helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find. Also, tell your friends, family, co-workers, and even that weird uncle. Which I would be that weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a guest, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My website is www.everythingimaginable2020.com And Patreon is patreon.com forward slash everythingimaginable You can make a donation to support this podcast. Remember, everything that is was first imagined. Thank you for listening and see you next week. You know, yes, you can also buy my book, Enlightenment Guarantee, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback.